0: Well, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it this morning. If you could find your seat, we're going to go ahead and get started with our worship service. Um, My name is Pastor Bobby. I'm one of the pastors here at Soma Northwest Church. And uh, again, I want to welcome you who are here this morning. Those of you who are watching on our live stream, thanks for tuning in. This morning, we have uh, an opportunity to come together as we have been our separate ways this week, doing the things that we have to do, fulfilling the responsibilities that have been given to us, with our family, our friends, uh, at work, in our neighborhoods, in our schools. Um, We're still living uh, week to week, just not knowing what the next week is going to bring, and Uh, just some of the uncertainty of the reality that we're living in right now. But this morning, we can come together and spend this time with each other with a common bond. And that bond is Jesus Christ. That bond is the hope that we have as followers of Jesus, that we are not uh, ultimately confined to the limitations of this world, of this life that we are a part of another kingdom, a different kingdom, that life with God under the rule of God is here now, and it's the life that we were meant to live. Last week, Brian Gornick uh, brought us into the scriptures to talk about fear and anxiety and and the confusion of living in this moment, but how that we can cast our cares on Jesus that we can find the peace that surpasses all understanding by putting our hope in Jesus and that doesn't mean that we wish away this world or that we we try to live outside of reality but that within our lives we know that God is present we know that the power of God is real And that we can experience that daily transformation day after day after day, no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what our situation is. And so this morning, this is a representation of that. As we listen to the word, as we sing songs and lift our voices, as we take communion together, we are all declaring with one voice that God is here, that God is present, that this is life with God under his rule and rain. If you receive our weekly emails, you can pull those up now. We have a link to our song lyrics that we'll be singing this morning. Um, If you aren't signed up for that, if you're not getting that, you can go to somanorthwest.com slash newsletter and you can sign up to be on that list. If you're sitting by somebody who doesn't have access to that right now this morning, you can share that link with them and they can open up and, and have those lyrics this morning. Uh, if you would, would you stand as I read our call to worship from Psalm chapter 5 this, this morning as we prepare our hearts to worship the Lord. Hear these words from David in Psalm chapter 5. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful you, Lord, detest. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. In reverence, I bow down toward your holy temple. We come into the house of the Lord and to the presence of the Lord this morning, not by our own good works, not by our own righteousness, not by our own reputation, but by his great love for us. Before I uh, introduce our speaker this morning, I wanted to say a few words um, about the events in the situation up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that's been unfolding over the last week and uh, unfortunately, another in a long line of just really bad situations in our country that we've experienced uh, for years and years and years, but especially over these summer months. Uh, I know like many of you, Uh, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm discouraged, Uh, I'm sad, Uh, I see the injustice that continues to multiply, I see injustice that's met with more injustice, I see violence that's repaid with more violence. I see people whose lives are lost. I see families that are broken. I see communities that continue to be pressed down. I see communities that continue to suffer. Ultimately, what we see is people who are vulnerable continue to be made vulnerable. see people who are in pain continue to suffer. Folks, this is what happens when injustices aren't made right. This is what happens when we just multiply pain upon pain upon pain. When we don't listen to people. When We don't seek what's best for those who need it. When our laws and our policies, when our systems fail to protect those who need the most. It's what happens when we're angry and rightfully so, but we have no place to go with our anger. We rage, and we continue to hurt, and we continue to meet violence with violence. And people get pushed down more. People get oppressed more. Burning, looting, vigilante groups show up. More people get killed, more people get injured, there's more loss, more brokenness. This is the way of the world. This is the way the world has been for generation after generation after generation. New politicians aren't going to make things right. Policy changes, though necessary, aren't going to make things right. What will make things right is the kingdom of God. The person who will make things right is the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, that's not sticking our head in the sand or having a pie-in-the-sky mentality. That is real truth. That is the only thing that is true in this moment. This isn't going to stop. Because it hasn't stopped. But what we can do is be a place where hatred and violence and injustice comes to die. We can be people in whom racism, injustice, hatred, violence dies. Because we resist the way of this world. And our hope is in Jesus Christ. And so the question is when this happens in our country, when this happens in our city like it has happened in our city, what do we do? We keep doing this. We keep showing up. We keep crying out to God for help. We keep worshiping God. We keep taking the hope of Jesus Christ into our lives day in and day out. And we show people the resiliency of the kingdom of God. We show people the hope that there is in Jesus. We extend peace to our city and to our communities because we have peace with God. These aren't just religious activities. These aren't just things that are confined to our quote-unquote spiritual life. This is life. And it's the kind of life that our world needs. It's the kind of life that people who are broken and hurting, need. It's the kind of life that you and I need every single day. And so this morning, I want to lead us in a time of prayer where we take our anger and our frustration and our disappointment, our sadness, and we cry out to God, and we lament the injustices of this world, the brokenness of this world, the sinfulness of this world, and we ask for God's mercy. We ask for his mercy to fall on us, to fall on this land. And we ask him that he would use us to be peacemakers, to point people to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we have nowhere else to turn. We have nowhere else to seek the mercy and the grace that we long for. We have nowhere else to come with our sadness and our outrage. Lord, apart from you, we would either turn our backs on those who are hurting, or we would just bring more violence to bear. God, we need you. Our community needs you. Our city needs you. Our country needs you. Our world needs you. You are a God of love. You are a God of peace. You are a God of justice. You are a God who lifts up the weak, who takes care of the vulnerable. You are a God who will not let injustice stand forever. You are a God who endures the sinfulness of this world every moment and every day. And it is only by your mercy that we are not consumed. Lord, we pray for the community of Kenosha this morning. We pray for healing we pray for justice we pray for an end to violence God we pray for the family of Jacob Blake we pray for Jacob Blake we pray for this officer who shot Jacob Blake we pray for this community that is on fire, a community where people are hurting and angry, a community that needs hope. We pray for your church in Kenosha. We pray that your church would be a light. We pray that your church would be a beacon. We pray that your church would be in that community with the gospel, the reconciling gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for our community and we pray for our city. We pray that you would end the violence in our community. We pray that people would not be killed. We pray that people who are hurting, people who are suffering, would not lash out in violence. We pray that you would protect the vulnerable. We pray that you would protect those who cannot protect themselves. God, we pray that we would be a community of believers here that is a graveyard for hatred, a graveyard for injustice, a graveyard for violence. We pray that we would be people that move out into our community today, tomorrow, this next week, the week after that, as people of peace, extending hope, helping those in need, reconciling relationships that are broken starts with us lord you are a god of power you are a god of transformation the things that we are experiencing are not beyond your power to transform that is our hope this morning bind up the brokenhearted heal the wounded bring our land to you, that lives are changed, that life with God under the rule of God is a reality. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite our speaker up this morning. Uh, Many of you know Mike Newton. Uh, Mike has been a friend of Soma Northwest for a number of years. mike is the area director for young life and he is responsible for the ministry that happens here in pike township the pike township schools and uh is also in lawrence township as well uh, the young life ministry in lawrence township mike is also a certified let me get this right mike cultural intelligence trainer is that for young life yeah so mike uh helps um Uh, In in a lot of these conversations in schools with uh, students and teachers and parents and administrators and is doing uh, really important work there Mike's wife Kristen uh, has her own ministry called heart combos and I know a lot of you have uh, really been blessed by Kristen's ministry on social media and different conferences that she's spoken and been a part of um, we have had an opportunity over this summer, uh, as you all have given generously to, um, to Soma Church, to partner with a number of different organizations in our community that are doing good gospel work. Um, and Young Life is one of those organizations. And so um, last month we were able to give uh, a donation to Young Life. Uh, from Soma Northwest just to help them cover some expenses and and continue to do the the ministry that our schools so uh, so uh, need so much and so um, we're gonna Mike's gonna talk a little bit about that um, this morning, uh, but he's also um, Going to open up the word for us from Philippians chapter 4 and so I want to welcome Mike Mike Thanks for making time this morning to come and encourage us from the word. So come brother. Thank you, Bob. Can you hear
1: me? All right. Thank you, Bobby. Um, again, we've. I want to thank this church so much for our partnership that we've had. You guys have been with us from the very beginning at, at Pike High School. Um, I guess about five years ago, we started praying, what school's next for young life in the city? And the Lord just led us to Pike. And then he led me to y'all. And I'm just so thankful for that, uh, for that partnership. And so I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but again, thank you so much. Also, I want to send my greetings from uh, my church. Uh, Pastor Curtis Costin says hello uh, at Solid Word Bible Church. Uh, I know you've done some things there uh, as well. And so we're just, again, thankful for this time and this opportunity. And uh, let's dive in. All right. If you could turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians 4, starting in verse 10, that would be good. All right. I'll be reading from the NIV says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. In any, in every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. Yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as ph- as you Philippians know, in the early days of our acquaintance with the gospel, of your early days with, in the acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, no church shared with me. In the matter of giving and receiving except you alone for even when I was in Thessalonica you sent me aid more than once when I was in need not that I desire your gifts what I desire is that you be credited to your account I have received full payment and have more than enough I am amply supplied now that I have received from Ephroditus the gifts you have sent They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, and my God will meet your needs according to the riches of the glory of God, the glory of Christ Jesus. Let me pray. Gracious Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to speak. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will speak to our hearts, uh, Lord, that you will um, teach us something new about yourself that maybe we've never seen before. I thank you for uh, what you've placed in my heart to share, and and I just pray again that uh, those meditations, the words that come out, will be pleasing to you, Lord. Uh, And I thank you again. Be with us during this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. So today's message, the title is Giving and Receiving, right? Um, And I have one point for you, and it's this. Trusting in God's providence and having a full heart that's focused on him allows us to give and receive freely. Okay, I'll say that one more time. Trusting in God's providence, having a full heart that is focused on him allows us to give and receive freely. See, I find it interesting that on the topic of giving and receiving, and remember Paul is writing this from jail, and he's writing it to a church that was undergoing persecution, and also had inner strife and division, and he leads with the conversation about God's providence. Okay, and how I define God's providence is God's plan in his time. I'll say that again, God's providence is his plan in his time. It says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that you, that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. The word providence actually comes from the word provide. Okay? And in Latin, that's kind of broken up into two words. One being pro, which means forward or on behalf. and vide, which means to see. Right? Or not by you. Or anyone else. When I see what's going on today, I am infuriated. I am livid, mad, oftentimes. And fortunately, I'm not God, because things would be different and wouldn't be honoring to Him, right? And um, so it's He, His providence, right? So we're talking about that. It's not about me. And I feel like that's what Paul was saying when he says this. It's like. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I think if I was Paul in my selfish self, I might have been, it's about time I'd be looking at my watch. Like, I'm glad you finally decided to show some concern. You know, you waited long enough, all those types of things. But he's not saying that. He's coming from a a different place. He's coming from a place of, of trust. Uh, In God's providence, like the reason it hadn't happened is because it wasn't time yet, right? And God provided the time and he provided an opportunity for the church to give. And I'm I'm so thankful for that. And we need, I think, to think about that oftentimes, like God's providence, okay? And another thing is this. I think it's important to understand because... When we talk about contentment, which is the next thing, Paul talks about providence, then he talks about contentment. Oftentimes, um, I think we're not content. We, We live as Christians so discontent because we want things in our time versus in God's time, you know. And so that creates a discontentment. Even if the thing is right, I should want this. This is, God, don't you want this for me? All those types of conversations that we have internally, I have them at least, uh, is really, it's not that it's wrong, it's just maybe it's not God's time for that yet, right? And it says this in verse 11 through 13 again I am not saying this because I'm in need, this is Paul speaking, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. And I want to ask you what do you think of when you hear the word co- contentment? I'll give you a second to think about it. You know? I think contentment has a bad reputation. You know, normally it's like you lack something and someone comes along and is like, man, you just need to learn to be content. Have you ever told somebody that? I think you probably have, I have. um, just need to be content. And what and internally we think this person doesn't understand, this person doesn't get it, you know, I'll be content when I get whatever it is, right? My spouse, a job, family, money, recognition. Uh, If I get this group of friends, I'll be content. If I get out of debt, I'll be content. If I have this girlfriend or this boyfriend, tickets to the game, whatever it may be, whatever your dream vacation is, whatever you have just like, I will be content when I get this. So oftentimes, unfortunately, I have to confess that my contentment is related is is about things that aren't the Lord, right? I never say I need to get away and really it means I need to get away and spend time with him. So often it's like I need to get away and go and do something for myself or whatever it may be. And I think that's the wrong perspective. See, these things are good, uh, but they clutter your heart more than they fill your heart. And I think there's a big difference. Like, getting something in the wrong time is is more of a clutter and a hindrance and an obstacle than it is, hey, I, I feel I'm walking in the fullness of life that, that Jesus has promised. You know? And, and, and oftentimes commitment is also defined by a lack of something. Sometimes we have to learn also to be content when we have plenty, right? I normally don't think about it, but when I have plenty, when I'm full, I need to be content. So to give you a story of my life when things just went crazy, this was just a a month ago, okay? Um, I It was my birthday, and about 10 days before my birthday, my wife goes, Mike, uh, what do you want for your birthday? And so I just went with the outrageous I need a new iPad, okay. I know we don't have the money for a new iPad traditionally for us. Any birthday money we get goes to bills um, versus going to something that you want, right? And because uh, I asked for the same thing at Christmas. See, I had an iPad 2, 10 years old. Apple—they probably 30, 30 other iPads have come out since. iPad. I mean, Apple even announced. This will no longer even connect to Wi-Fi anymore. That's how old it was. All right? So I felt like this is something that I need. I needed to do preach, to do ministry, all those types of things was my thought. So Kristen's like, Mike, why don't you just put it on Facebook that you need this iPad? And I was like, okay, I'll do that. Doubting. You know the self-doubt. Your spouse asks you to do something, recommends you do something. you're like, okay. I'll do it. Unfortunately, that was my attitude. So I put it up, right? And I'm thinking this is not going to work out. In fact, this is going to embarrass me by saying that I need something, right? And uh, the first day I get a call, hey, Mike, um, this is so-and-so, lives didn't even live here. And uh, we're talking. Is there anything I can give towards uh, just for you? And I was like, well, who asked that question? And I was like, all right, I could get an iPad. This is what I'm looking for. I'm I'm kind of raising money for. All right, fast forward. That was the first night. And things started to build and build and build and then suddenly I had more than enough, right? And I'm thinking, what do I do? In total, 37 different people gave. Kids that I was doing work with now gave. Um all these, and I'm like, I I was blown away. But suddenly things started to turn into my heart. I was wrestling with, do I tell people I've got enough? Or do I just say, what else can I get? You, you know, and I, and it's unfortunate that I was like that. I suddenly became not content again. The iPad was coming, but I was not content. And it went a next level. A guy calls me Friday before my birthday I had enough, and he goes, Mike, uh, which iPad do you think about getting? I was like, this this 11-inch, whatever. He goes, you don't need that one. You need the, the biggest one with the pen, the pencil, you know, everything, and um, how much does that cost? I was like, I have no idea, and um, he sent the amount for that entire thing, and then I was like, God, you're just, you're showing off your providence, but I'm showing off my ignorance And my lack of contentment because I wasn't full, you know, on Him. I was looking to for my commit, my contentment, for in things versus in Him. You see what I'm saying? And we do that so easy. That was my first time experiencing having an excess and needing to be content versus just thinking uh, because of lack I need to be content. You see what I'm saying? I was not satisfied. I wasn't content. I wanted more. I planned to have more. I started putting money away. Kristen had to put it into that. It went to bills. Uh, and so, just so you know. Um, but when I was preparing for this, there's a script, there's a, not a scripture. There's a a, a quote that I saw by a guy named W.W. Weersby. I think that's how you pronounce his name. In the Bible exposition commentary, he said this. Prosperity has done more damage to believers than has adversity. You know, so I'll say it again. Prosperity has done more damage to believers than has adversity. And so <laughs> I think it's because we, we start somewhere in the line, things become ours versus the Lord's becomes our money, our job, our car, our resources, our everything, versus this is the Lord's that he's given to me to bless other people, right? And that has caused a great spoiling of Christians across, I'll just talk about us here in Indianapolis, okay? But we know it goes further than that. So suddenly prosperity becomes about us. And I really think I, I'm blown away by the line in, Alex, in Hamilton where Alexander Hamilton is looking at Angelica Schuyler, Amari, my daughter, who's three, sings every line to this movie. And he's saying to her, you look like a woman who's never been satisfied. And I really think that is all of us. We are people that are never satisfied if we are not looking to our satisfaction to be found in the Lord. None of us are satisfied. We're born with that look. And now for clarity, we can be discontent with things that God is discontent about. I think what's happening in the world today, again, I'm infuriated. I believe God is infuriated and his wrath is coming as a result. I don't know when, but it is. And God is calling us not just to pray, but to action in regards to those things. So that's okay. But in here, Paul talks about three things in regards to to contentment. He says this, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I can do everything, can do all things through him who gives me strength. Three things, he says, all related to contentment. And I think the secret is this, can be summed up, Uh, with a question Kristen asked me after every meal. She goes, Mike, are you content? Are you satisfied? And what she's really asking me is, Mike, are you full? Okay? Are you full? And we're meant to be full, right? We're not meant to be (laughs) more or less. We're meant to be full. And I believe that's the secret. I believe that is what allows us to be content no matter what is going on around us. Okay? It's a fullness of Christ that we can have. That he promises in John 10.10, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. It's impossible to be content if you're not coming from a place of being full having that fullness that Christ promises, you know? It's kind of like when you're you're hot, it's hot. Today, fortunately, is a cooler day. But if it was really hot and you get that cold water and you can feel it in your lungs, y'all ever experienced that? That is such a great feeling, right? The fullness of Christ is like flowing all through you, and it feels like that, okay? And so I believe Paul, again, is... He's able, he, he, he has his focal point of every situation on Christ. Just like Peter, when he got called out into the, into the water, when his focal point was on Christ, he was able to walk on the water. As soon as his focal point became what was going on around him, he was not able to do that anymore, right? He sunk. And I'm just saying, when we're trusting God's providence, and we're full, we can be content. We can be content. Yet, verse 14 through 19, Yet, it was good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as the Philippians know, in the early days of of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out to Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once. When I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I should have said that. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Why spend all this time talking about God's providence and being full in Christ? It's because when we trust the Lord for these things, you are able to give and receive freely in a way that honors him and doesn't honor you. In a way that honors him. Because out of the, this overflow should be going to other people. Not us buying a jar to be, to store for later or a bigger jar that we need to then suddenly say, hey, I'm empty and I'm lacking, sorry. I'm empty and I'm lacking to try to refill. I want you to look at how Paul describes these gifts that were given. He says, they were given in the right, right on time, God's providence. They met all his needs. Again, fullness. They were a fragrant offering. They were accepting an acceptable sacrifice. They were pleasing to God. This is how I want my, anything that I give to be received. (laughs) I want it to be right on time. I want it to meet the person's needs, right? I want it to be done in a way that pleases God, not me. You know? And I think it's important. Very, very important. And when I think of a church that exemplifies this, I think of y'all. Um, I you guys are everywhere, doing all kinds of great things. I see updates. I'm like, they were there. They were downtown marching. They were over here when, they were over here. They're meeting this need here. I think you guys exemplify that. God's providence, from a place of fullness. The full life he's given you allows you to give and receive freely because the cost of not being in that is, is, is dire. You know, I compare it to like going to the grocery store when you're hungry. Have you ever done that? And you buy all kinds of things you don't need or you don't buy enough because you're buying just enough for that next meal, whatever it may be. Like I'm never in a good place when I'm not full. And I think that's the same for us all. We end up doing things that cost us later. And as a diabetic, buying the wrong thing, eating just to satisfy the now, it can be, it has long-term effects, right? So again, that is not y'all. This church has been so generous to young life. You know, (laughs) committing, From the very get-go. I, I have seen you volunteer for stuff that we've done. You've given food for the food pan- makeshift food pantry that I created in my garage. Uh, my garage that turned in once COVID started to the food pantry, uh, gym, office, bike riding spot for our daughter. Um, and kids have come. From your donations, Over I'm giving away over $700 in gift cards. That your church has given to me to give to students that have come, and I'm thankful for that. You know, I've had providential run-ins with y'all at different places on it and given me an encouraging word. I thank you. You know, I'm thankful for the you've given incredible donations at just the right time. It has been to <laughs> where we are now. God has, he's allowed us to go through this season of COVID, of, of just racial injustice, of food depravity for kids, for e-learning depravity for kids, so that we will be more intentional about what we do. Everything, if, just like COVID, when you first started, it's like, hey, we, when the apocalypse hit on March 13th or whatever day it was, and they shut down every school, every grocery store was empty, all those things. You had to be very intentional about what you did. If I was leaving the house, Kristen would ask, why are you leaving the house? What are you doing? Where are you going? when are you coming back? And I needed to be that intentional about the stuff that we're doing as a ministry. And so we've come up with three things that we're gonna be doing. We wanna provide relationships uh, for kids moving forward. And for us, that means we are changing up, doing like a once a month big outdoor club. Um, and cookout type things, so that we can still have those relationships with kids. Kids need relationships with each other. They need to. We felt like they needed relationships with adults that cared about them, and then ultimately they need a relationship with their Lord and Savior, right? We also go. We want to provide resources, which y'all have helped with, with the food pantry. Uh, again, my it got to a place where I had to tell people to stop. Giving Deb's called me three or four times, Mike, I got more food for you. I'm like, I I can't right now. You know, uh, I don't want it to go bad. There are people that are in need. Um, But people in my neighbor's community, you know, I live in the community where my kids that come to the ministry live. They knock on the door, Mike, I need this. And I have a food pantry stocked because of churches like yourselves. I can just go, hey, here, here you go. I'm not going to cook it for you, but I'll give it to you. Um, you don't want me to cook it for you. Um, and we also want to offer opportunities is the third thing. So scholarships for kids that need things. We always want to support our kids that want to go out and do things. So to be able to freely give them some money to do that. We're trying to do this internet cafes because while kids might, um, you know, they might have a computer They might have Wi-Fi, but home still might not be the best place to be learning. If they're like me, which they probably are in the sense that like, there's all kinds of interruptions at home, you know? And so we wanna provide a place for kids to come and they can just, hey, for five hours, no one's gonna bother you. You do your classwork. If you need help, we'll call somebody. It's not gonna be me, Uh, but we'll help you. And this was the biggest compliment. I called the school, and I was like, hey, I know that visitors probably aren't going to be allowed at the school when we come back. Um, How do you suggest, what can we do? And they were like, Mike, we consider y'all essential to the school, not a visitor. So they're going to let us in. So God has been just opening door after door after door, and that's because of, churches like yourselves people like you and I want to close by just saying thank you thank you again and again and again um, and again thank you for your generosity Uh, thank you for being people that trust God's providence that trust in him having him as your focal point so you'll have a full life and it enables you to freely give and freely receive